What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to What Up. I'm at Krim, your host. This is part two of our first ever episode. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, you should probably go back and do so. In part one, we heard about Zoe's experience of going from being a teenager in high school, making a story about climate change, to going into the army and struggling to maintain her own sense of self. But not everyone's experience is the same in Israel. For some people, entering into the army is just natural, just a part of your life. So what up produces Eric and Laura interviewed Tamir. So this is Tamir's story. That's not his real name though. Tamir asked for his name to be changed. So my father was an army man. He served until he was 38. He was a lieutenant colonel, squadron commander. Like he was a military service kind of guy. And uh, I grew up in this kind of place, like where almost everyone came from the army and the parents uh, served for a long time. So the army and the military service was very dominant and very uh, present in the place that I grew up in and can say that I think that we even th thought and talked more about what we'll do in the army than what we'll study in university which can sound very weird to people that don't have this kind of service but this was the thing that we talked much more about. <laughs> There is a phrase that we say, meaningful service. Like you want your service to be as meaningful as possible. And what does it mean? It means that probably uh, you should be an uh, officer or you should serve in some kind of good, exclusive like place. So I knew I want to serve like in the best place I could. I trained for it. I joined like, uh, we had a club that we used to train together, run together, even crawl together. such stupid things when I think about it now, but we did it like to prepare ourselves. Uh, so I knew that I want to be either in the Air Force or in like a special unit. I wanted to be the best in whatever I'm doing and uh, it influenced my thinking about this field as well. And it also seemed interesting to me at these times, like uh, flying or being part of a special unit looks very sexy. your first day in the army you don't know nothing about the world and you need to sign a form that if you'll graduate flight academy you'll serve for additional seven years so you signed this paper on the first day of the army when you don't know nothing about like your life and uh, your plans and uh, you can always choose to sign off flight academy like flight because it's a voluntary thing you can at, at any point you can say i don't want it anymore and go to other things but I always say that like choosing not to do something like signing off something is a much different and harder thing than like actively putting yourself into it Th there are two routes like you need to be professionally like you need to do the tasks that you need to do and there are parts like at the beginning of the course is not flying at all like you need to there is an actual boot camp which lasts seven weeks when you need like to 
learn how to shoot and learn how to survive in nature and like learn how to we had like a commander almost all of our commanders at the beginning were women and like they shouted on us and like we had like to hide in bushes like uh, very weird things and like we had like to just you, you had to, to professionally just keep going and like be resilient and like socially you had like to be generous with your friends and like help others and uh, the fact that like uh, my friends are doing the same thing that I'm doing and uh, I know what to expect next and uh, what I'm being tested on and like everything was very structured I'm, I'm, I'm sure like it, it, it helps it's good for mental health like to have your friends and other peers doing the same things like you but uh, but it was like a uh, flat academy itself it is like a place that it's a lot about like us and like at the end people go to fly the aircraft and like there is a huge team that needs like to prepare the aircraft and do many things and there is like one or two pilots in the aircraft so it is kind of like egocentric kind of feeling and it, it, it is like an individual achievement like to finish and to be a pilot and all of these things uh, i didn't think a lot about the political aspects so as a whole i felt very good with myself and with how i'm doing and how i'm coping i didn't need to do a lot like to cope mentally i do remember like i was once punished I spoke in the phone in a place that I wasn't supposed to, so they punished me, but by not letting me go to a Saturday vacation home. And then I had like to stay for a month and a half, like in a row at the basis. So when I knew about the punishment, I called my sister to tell her about this. And while telling her, I just started crying. Like I couldn't stop crying while, while, while telling her what happened and about the punishment. But I think it was very local experiences. Like it didn't influence my uh, uh, feel of self or uh, I didn't experience uh, depression or uh, mega anxiety, I think, in, the, in these times. I didn't need to do a lot like to cope mentally. Uh, I don't think that many times I, I know, bothered to look at like the whole picture. It was super normal for me that this is what we're doing, that we're going to join the army. I remember having like thoughts about, oh, it could be dangerous, but like the fact that it's normal and it's the best version of myself was like much outweigh like all of these silly thoughts. Uh, as I continued my service, like I had more and more of those, but at the beginning, almost nothing. It was like, this is what I do. It's very hard and weird. And like, I need to know how to get on in this weird environment. So it was ma mainly this and not like the big picture kind of thoughts. Every two or three months, they let us do questionnaires about each other. And we rate each other, like in terms of leadership abilities, uh, be being a friend, being honest, many things like this, which now I can, when I think it's kind of like weird, but yeah, we used to do it a lot. One of my friends, the commanders told him that people rated him in a bad way. So I sat with them and we sat on the roof of the building, which was 
not allowed. I think we drank whiskey also, which was totally forbidden. And uh, we had it, well, like we talked about, like he asked me like, what, why do I think that the other people like gave him like bad grades and like, what is it in him that they found, that they find different or better, something like this. And this was like a very honest and not usual conversation, uh, which I had with them. He was, uh, he had different jokes, he, he, he was more emotional than the others. He was less political and more like honest, more himself and it could be seen not in a good way by, by a few of them, like not all of them, but by a few of them. And uh, like he didn't play the game and, uh, and they were like stupid. He graduated at the end, like they didn't, the sitting is, is about whether to kick him or not. And like he stayed until the end and finished and he's great. The, the fact that he was, I don't know, nominated for like being dropped, I think tells more about the others than about him. And the, the Flight Academy itself screens many people, like I think 250 started and 40 graduated. So you're in a constant survival kind of thinking. So you want to do to be the best of yourself, like to keep going and not to be kick out, kicked out. And uh, so there's no, not a lot of capacity of like these kind of thoughts. Uh, but I do remember myself, like at the very end, uh, speaking with my commander which i really respected and told him like it was in a time that they talked about about the possibility of bombing the nuclear uh, facilities in iran and we all understand understood that it is super dangerous and complicated and I asked him do you ever think about the fact that you could die in this kind of operation and he told me eh, yes but it's like uh, everything like pulls me into it, so it, I, it, it doesn't like it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but I think that the fact that like this these kind of thoughts start like popping in my head in the time that like I knew I graduated was new and like refreshing uh, in a way. I knew that I could uh, stay for longer, like uh, extend my service and uh, continue in the army, which I knew I don't want to do. And when I looked of like other possible careers, I think like that medicine seems to have all of the things that, that I'm looking for, like in my life. And I'm sure that it's also relates to the fact that maybe uh, that maybe I want to do like the best career like i try not to give a big emphasis on the part like that sees medicine as like 
the best like like as one of the highest in the food and as you said like i try like to not to think or like to eliminate these thoughts but they're there and like it's part of like my personality whether i like it or not only when i moved to the uk it was like really like huge sense of relief maybe even freedom like i grew a beard <laughs> uh, for the first time and uh, i really like it like it's a uh, for me it's like a sign of freedom and uh, because you cannot do it like while while you're in the army and i think my perspective kind of like uh, i started thinking about uh, things there that like were great but other things that were kind of like weird and different. I'm here in uni studying with 18, 19, 20 year old, year old kids or uh, people uh, to think that these guys in Israel have to serve is like kind of weird and uh, abnormal in a way. And I think some of like, I, the thing that I told you about like the culture, the way that people speak to each other, the way that people gives, give feedback sometimes like after living seems like a bit, uh, weird or not the best like they can do but it's not it's not unique to the army now like i'm training to be a doctor and i see how people in this field give feedback or uh, help each other and it's not always much better I, I don't know how much from this is the army but mostly i think the maturity but i think i don't take things as like serious that like other students take them and like i'm, I'm not as stressed as many as many of them um, I do things that like in my uh, career many things that I got or learned in the army will help me like I think uh, I'm good at like differentiating between things that are important to things that are less important and I think I had the privilege I most of like my later part of the service like I was an instructor and the commander of uh, cadets and later on I was like commander of soldiers in the squadron like not pilots 18 19 years old men and women and I was in these times I was almost everything for them so I think it helped me to know how to communicate with people and know how to lead and guide uh, in a constructive way the army has like very uh, many bad sides and like disadvantages and I, I'd rather not to have it but I think that like many people uh, are living it much more mature than they'd be in any other environment or uh, uh, circumstances of life Most of the students like don't really like understand what does it mean like to be 30 a father like in the army so like i did try they, do they know that you're in the army so um, you discuss with them? yes yeah like wh when they ask i do i'm not i don't like brag or wave in it but yeah uh, but i try to like blend in and uh, sometimes i feel much more closer to them to uh, then to some of like my 33 4 5 years old like friends uh, so uh, yeah so uh, a few weeks ago my daughter turned one and uh, as i'm thinking of of it i'm not sure that i love the idea of her being in the army uh, i try not to think of it too much at this point i don't know what will be like the tolls of like thinking about it like if will ever go back to live in Israel or uh, if we live in Israel like what will we 
want her to do while she gets 18 but uh, it's a frightening it's a frightening thought and I, I don't know about like my partner uh, but I know that that like it will it will be a dilemma that she will probably have and uh, I don't know how good will I be at like guiding her if she'll ask for my guidance <laughs> so this is why like it's a uh, frightening like the way like it's it will be ch- challenging more than frightening uh, and the kind of challenge that I like never experienced. That's it for part two of Zoe's episode. Thanks to Tamir for speaking to us. Editing and sound design of today's episode was by Eric Pollard and Laura Briley Newton. Our theme music was written, produced, and recorded by Soundmix, Yusuf Essa, and the UK Refugee Council. What up? 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 What up?